am dependent on Julia. Well, today we're going to be discussing freedom. Freedom. And God's word will be our guide. Freedom is an interesting thing. It's an interesting topic. And there's been a lot of talk about freedom recently and truth recently. But not just that, even as I looked for a good slide behind us for the projector, we love to talk about freedom. But generally, it's on those days, those holidays like Independence Day. Many believe they are free. Everyone wants to be free. Everyone wants to be free indeed, truly free. Yet they unknowingly are being held captive by many things of the world. Captive to their jobs, their employers, their work. Captive to their hobbies, which maybe began as a fun and freeing thing. But now these hobbies seem stressful if you can't get out and do it for one day. Captive. If you just can't go out for one week or one day without pursuing this joy. We become captive to our cell phones, electronic devices. And I know I'm not speaking to you, but I'm speaking to myself as I think about how captive I can become to these many things. How often do we not get up from our chair or lazy boy or recliner in front of the TV at, in the evening without grabbing that phone to carry with us, even though we're just going to the kitchen for a snack? We become captive captive to social media or other websites, other things. We become captive also to things like the news, to politics, to seeking truth, worldly truth. And all of these things can be good things. But they're not good things when they control you, when they hold you captive. They're not good things when you seek these things of the world more than the truth of God and his word. That's what we're talking about today. Today's message speaks to a different type of truth, a different type of freedom, a different type of ca- captivity, a different type of possession. Today we speak to spiritual truth, godly truth, freedom in Christ. And as we look to this type of truth, we see that this spiritual truth in God and his word leads us. It flows into worldly truth as well. How do we interact with the world? You truly don't have the right guide without abiding in the word of God. True freedom, therefore, true freedom living is living in him, God, and working to glorify him and his kingdom through all you do. That's true freedom. Do you do these things? You see, no other truth sought out will ever set you truly free. No matter how much truth of this world you seek, It will always bring about more confusion, more questions to be answered. No other place is truly safe but to live in him. That is true freedom, to live in him. And although you might seem like that's not freedom because you're tied down to somebody, something, the great God, it's freeing as all other worries can be taken away. You see, God's truth brings understanding. All others bring confusion and more questions. Let's read now. I hope you're open now to John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. I also have it on the screen, but I do encourage you to follow along in your Bibles so that you get that that physical muscle memory of where these books are, where these true words are, and you can mark down, underline, highlight, star, different things which are important to you if you like to do that. Let's read now. Follow along. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said... If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. 
And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them. Again, Jesus is speaking, and Jesus answered them, saying, Verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Thank you for following along. Let's pray as we thank God for his word. Lord, we thank you for your word today that's life-providing, life-edifying, convicting, encouraging, strengthening, wisdom-building word. We thank you for your word, which gives so much. And Lord, we pray for understanding. We thank you for the Holy Spirit within us, which gives gives it to us. May you be glorified and honored now as we look to it. Amen. So what is freedom? True freedom. That's what we're talking about today. Freedom involves living with restrictions. Now, I have an illustration I read this week by one pastor, and he says this. You cannot be free without restrictions. A fish is not free to roam the jungle. Yet, how many times have I heard people say, it must be nice to be a fish, to be able to swim anywhere you want, the freedom of the entire ocean. He still can't go in the jungle. And it's definitely not freeing if you get stuck on Craig's hook. It was not made for that. A lion is not free to live in the ocean because it wasn't made for that. Freedom is having the benefits accrue to you that you were created to receive. Freedom does not mean there are no boundaries to living. Freedom means that within living in the right boundaries, you can maximize your potential for living. Let me repeat that last statement there, which is so powerful. Freedom means, if you're taking notes, you're going to write down freedom means, freedom equals, that within living in the right boundaries, you can maximize your potential for living, hopefully for godly living. You see, freedom always comes at a cost. The cost is to abide in the word of God, which leads to the knowledge of truth. Now, if this was worldly freedom, worldly truth, we'd be speaking of differently. this differently. We'd say freedom comes at a cost. We talk about our soldiers, which have fought for us around the world and at different times of different ages. But we're talking about spiritual freedom, spiritual truth, which this also came at a great cost. Christ laid his life down for us so that we could have this freedom. And the cost here, which Jesus speaks to, is to abide in the word of God, which leads to knowing the truth. He says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him in verse 31 of chapter 8 of John, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Yes, true freedom is found through the reading, the studying, the application of the word of God to one's life. In fact, verse 31 here says this is what it means to be a true disciple. A true disciple abides in the word. Now, the the word abide, it's more than just reading. It's more than just knowing of. It's more than just to acknowledge that the word of God exists. 
so many people today, they think that they're, they're a disciple of Christ just because they know of the word or they know of the Bible or they believe the Bible exists. But it's more than that. Abiding in the word of God means to truly study it and apply it to one's life. And to truly be a believer means that through grace, through faith alone, through God's mercy, you have Christ Jesus as Lord. But notice Jesus' word here. According to Jesus here, one may believe in him or the word, but without truly abiding in the word, you may not truly be one of his disciples. May not be. At the very least, you're not functioning as what a disciple should be. A true disciple, therefore, should be seen to have evidence in their life of their newfound faith, newfound life in the Lord. Does your life show a difference? Does it show a newness? Does it show that you abide by God's word, not the world's word? It's a very convicting statement, but I want to tell you, it's a very easily corrected way of life. Here's what we need to do. We open the word, we study the word, we apply the word, and we live by the word of God. The word of God is truth And from it flows freedom living. I'd like you to repeat that after me. Just those top four statements. Open the word. Study the word. Apply the word. Live by the word. I think we can do better than that. Let's do it one more time. And it also makes sure that you're awake. Open the word. Study the word. Apply the word. Live by the word. I love that you even slowed down just like I did for that. You see, here's the thing. Jesus says, these are marks of a true disciple. Are you in the word of God? Because the word of God is truly freeing. And it flows to freedom living. Mankind thinks that restrictions are a bad thing. So often it's thought that the word of God is too restrictive, the world says. But truth is, this truth, God's truth, the word of God brings freedom living. It shows you the right way to live so you don't get attached to damaging, destructive, self-destructive behavior. It's also freeing as it takes you away from condemning sinful ways. And it helps you to live in God's righteous ways. Truth is, God's restrictions are for righteous living and are what truly free us to live to our maximized God-desired potential. That's what God's word helps us live in. You see, the world thinks that living in the confines of God's word is like living in a box, a box of bondage. But the truth is, God's ways are not a box of bondage. It's a box of freedom. Everything outside the box is truly what what, what truly confines us. But the word of God is freeing. Abide in the box and be protected from anything which condemns and destroys. The world defines freedom as a license to do whatever you want. But God, on the other hand, says it is the ability to do what is right. And true human freedom flows from obedience to do what is right in him. Speaking of the world, thinking freedom is a license to do what we want. Well, we may want to jump off a cliff or a building... But without that parachute, that restrictive parachute tied to us, we die. 
You know, I'd love to go jumping off a cliff or out of an airplane. People think I'm crazy, but I definitely want that restrictive parachute to help slow me down before I hit the ground. And that's our job as Christians, is to abide in the word and then proclaim the word for people to see how good the restrictions of God's word are, that they're truly to help us and to lead us into his everlasting life. That is true freedom. We need to proclaim of this. A friend of mine this week realized, and I will leave it unnamed. I hope he forgives me for sharing this quick story. Unintentionally, he realized that true freedom is not found by driving off the road. And he was very excited to have somebody with a rope to pull him back on the road. You see, that is like God. God does not want us to go off road from his way of life. But God does extend us a road, to, a rope to pull us back onto the road. We're not supposed to live metaphorically off-road without restrictions. This is not what leads to life, him, his word, abiding in it. That's what leads to true, true living, freedom living. In Isaiah 61.1, God promised that the Messiah would, and I quote, proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives. Jesus is the answer. The Messiah is the answer. He provides freedom. He proclaims freedom. And he speaks of this. In verse 32, we read, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want you to see two, three things. First, number one, in this statement, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. One, you must know. You must know. Again, to know is not just to not acknowledge a full distent of the word. To know something fully is to truly believe and to study it. Number two, the truth. And you will know the truth. There's many things you can know. You can know the lies. That doesn't help you. You can know the wrong ways to live. That doesn't help you. But you can know there is truth. That's the first thing about that number two, that truth, is there is a truth. There always has been. There always will be. And we're not talking about the truth of the world and seeking truth to what's happening around us in politics or medicine or or the news or anything there. We're talking about there's always been truth, spiritual truth, godly truth to be found in his word. Godly truth to righteous ways to live by and wrongful, sinful ways to live by. What is truth? To know this, we must look back, and we already did that. The truth is his word. The truth is Jesus. You see, we live in a world which believes that truth is opinionated. It's up for de debate, but God's truth is always right and never open for debate. People say, well, your truth might not be my truth. You may believe that I'm five foot ten on a good day, but I believe I'm actually six foot six. That's not truth. But either way, that may be argued, debated in the world, but God's truth is not debatable. Also, these worldly truths are often based upon emotions or feelings, or at the very least, only pieces of information where God is omniscient. That was a word shared in worship practice this morning, omniscient. God is all-knowing. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. 
God created you in this world, and there is an absolute truth, and his word is truth. Jesus is truth. Where do we find this truth? We find this truth by abiding in his word. And number three, again, of this scripture, and you'll know the truth. You must know, you must study, you must apply, you must truly put in the time. Number two, to the truth. And number three, freedom is found in God's truth. The truth will set you free but not just any truth. God's truth sets you free for eternal life. Let's continue to read in verses 33 to 36. And they answered him, we are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly. Now, anytime Jesus is saying truly, truly, he's saying, listen up, hear this, open your ears, stop what you're doing. I say to you now, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you're an offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. The next thing about true freedom is true freedom is only found in the Son, in Jesus. We read here, I quote, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There are two types of people. We're doing a numbers game today. Two types of people in the world. Freed and condemned. Freed and condemned. Which one are you? Take that a step further. List your neighbors, names of your neighbors. List your relatives. List your friends. List your family. List your coworkers, your employers, your employees. There's two types of people, freed and condemned. Have you been freed from the slavery to Satan's sin in the world's ways by the Son of God? Because there's no other way to redemption. What about these people on that list that you just created in your head? Because these people need to hear the news of salvation and true freedom proclaimed. Are you living in his righteousness and inheritance of the newness of life? We're going to extend that numbers. Here's a step further. There are three types of people. One, those who are condemned. Slaves to their sins, slaves to Satan, slaves to the way of the world. And maybe these ways give some type of instant gratification. But I assure you, it's all temporary gratification. For only the sons and daughters of God, only the children of God have the inheritance of the forever presence of God in their life and a future kingdom awaiting them. Number two, so number one are those who are condemned. Number two are those who have been freed, but they continue to live as if they are still shackled to a concrete wall. And number three, and that's many of us here today, Maybe not in totality of life, but maybe in certain things you act like you're still shackled and you can't move away from sins of the past or past things which have burdened you or hindered you and you need to give them over to the Lord. Number three, the third type of person is those who have been freed by Christ and they truly live in the newness of life of which his redemption brings. Which one are you? Hear this, 
Eternal life is through faith alone, Jesus alone, his grace alone. But a true disciple continues to abide in him, his word and his ways, even after that testimony change of where your life stands. Don't you accept Christ and move forward, continuing to walk in your old ways, deceitful ways, sinful ways, ways of the world. May the world see that you don't live as they do. You live as God does. A true disciple lives in the newness of life of which he has been blessed with, not as a slave to the past sinful ways of the world, but in newness of life, Christ-like ways. This is the difference of simply knowing the truth compared to truly experiencing it also. If you want to truly experience truthful living, try to live like Christ every day. This is also the sanctification to which God is working in you through Christ to make you more like his son. The justification helps create the sanctification. You've been justified through Christ so that you can be sanctified into a Christ-like image. A true disciple, therefore, shows fruit. Look to your life. One, two, three. Where are you at? Where do you need to be? How are you going to get there? The next statement here is true freedom is found in the admission of slavery. True freedom is found in the admission of slavery. And I want to tell you, even the one living in the newness of his freed life, even the one living in new ways of Christ every single day should admit the past slavery to sin and how that sin still tempts you every day. Every single day, we need to admit our constant need for the Holy Spirit and for God's love, for God's help. Every day, we should be thanking God for all he continues to do on a daily, forever basis. Have you admitted you're a sinner in need of a savior? Have you admitted that, Lord, I need you today just like I needed you yesterday. I need you every day forever. Lord, please don't leave me. He's not leaving you, but it's still good to to appreciate him, to praise him. If you've never done that, do it today. January 15th, 2023. Mark it down. Do it today. Continue to admit your need for Jesus, your need for his kingdom come to be done in all things and for his glory. You see, freedom is a universal desire. We all have a need for freedom we all have a need. We all have a, 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 a desire to seek this truth. But you're never going to find it in the world. And so many people today are struggling because they keep seeking truth. They keep seeking freedom. But the first freedom you need, the first truth you need to acknowledge is God's truth and the world's lack of truth. The sooner you recognize that, the better you'll be. The sooner you recognize that there's one righteous way to live... And one wrong way to live. And the more you turn to his righteous ways, the better you'll be. But also remember, freedom is not found in legalism. It's not found in being a Pharisee and trying to earn your way to salvation through the things you do for God. Or by keeping the law. The law is not our enemy. It is perfect, good, and holy. And it must be our friend. And I forgot to correct that typo. But this friend is one which edifies and provides for our life. It's also a friend which helps us to see the bad things compared to the good things. But we must always recognize that who truly saves, what truly saves, is Jesus. 
Hearts today ache for the freedom Jesus offers. Hearts and souls have always ached for the freedom which comes through Jesus. And we need to proclaim this. Proclaim that there is one restrictive way of living which truly is freeing. Even though it might feel like you're being tied down, it's freeing as it prohibits you from being held in bondage and condemnation. It prohibits you from living the wrong way. It prohibits you from trying to be a fish swimming on ground of a jungle or a prairie or a desert. It helps you to stay where you're meant to be. What people need mostly is Jesus. Do you have Jesus? I have another illustration. I believe it's my last illustration for you. And some of you might really like this. Some of you may understand this. Anybody ever owned a John Deere? How about a tractor? How about a riding lawnmower? Okay, more of you own these things than what you're raising your hand. So apparently we need to wake up. Here's the illustration. (laughs) A pastor once wrote, I have a John Deere riding lawnmower, which I really like and I'm proud of. With this mower came an instruction booklet and the truth which sets the mower free to do that for which it was created to do. Now, suppose that I want to give my mower a special treat since I'm so proud of it and it's doing such a great job and I want it to cut really well this summer. So I fill the tank with chocolate syrup. We all know that chocolate syrup is more fun than gasoline, right? Gasoline can be pretty fun, right? It tastes better. It's a real treat. But that John Deere will be destroyed. Why? Because it's freedom to perform and to its creator's potential requires submission to the law, something called gasoline. You see, that engine will be destroyed if it's not fueled by gasoline as it was meant to be. Our lives will be destroyed if we're not being fueled by Christ. That's the way to freedom. That's the way to life. True freedom is found in the possession of the sonship. Skipping forward a little bit. True freedom is found in the possession of the sonship. You see, it's not slavery. For slavery does not bring rights in an inheritance. But being possessed by the son makes us adopted heirs to the kingdom. With rights and an inheritance to proclaim and to take to heart. God is good. In the gospel, God adopts people into his family, and being part of his family has a great benefits package. Through Jesus, his freedom given mercifully, gracefully out of love, we have freedom from guilt, for he never sinned. Freedom from the demands of the law, for he perfectly obeyed. Freedom from punishment, for he has taken the pain, the punishment on our behalf. Freedom from death, for he has won victory over the grave. Freedom from sin's power, for he has broken its reign. Yet how often we allow that sin's power to still control us instead of saying to it, get behind me, Satan. You no longer need to control me. Christ is here. Freedom from Satan's terror, for he has been crushed. Freedom from fear, for he brings you into the Father's family. And freedom from a works-based salvation model. For God accepts us through his beloved son. I conclude with this. 
Do you live a freed indeed type of life? Are you living the newness of life of which Christ's life brings to you? This is where true freedom is found. We need admission of sins, possession of the sonship. These things bring life a newness. But there is more to life of the Christian than this. We must also be true to him, abide in him, abide in his word. Be true disciples, function as true disciples. Continue to abide in the word. Live a new life without, with thoughts, actions, and words which all reflect the newness of life of which his love has blessed you with. Proclaim of his love and the inheritance of which you have in him as the adopted sons and daughters of the God most high every day. You see, don't keep living in the past. Don't keep living and speaking and acting and thinking like the past sinful self. You've been made new. Your eyes have been opened to the truthfulness of righteous living. Speak that truth. Think that truth. Live in that truth. Watch your mouth. Watch your thoughts. Watch your actions. Glorify God in all you do through abiding in his word. Be freed indeed today through that. Let's close in prayer and we'll have one final song, The Goodness of God. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is freeing. We thank you for the truth, which is there. The truth, Lord, which helps us separate right from wrong. For the wrongful way of life is not freeing at all. As it condemns and it shackles us as if to a concrete wall and prohibits us from living to our maximized potential of which you have created us to live in. Lord, we thank you for your word. May we abide in it today. Convict us where we need convicted. Encourage us where we need encouraged. And Lord, I pray for the brothers and sisters in Christ in here that they would do the same. That we would encourage one another, love one another, convict one another, lift one another up and remind them of the truth. Remind them to abide in these things. Remind them to glorify them with their life. And let's help each other in doing so. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. Thank you for your love. Amen. Please stand. Let's worship.
What glorious words to proclaim. I will sing of the goodness of God. I encourage you to do that today. Is there something that needs surrendered to him? Is there something that's holding you back from truly living in his newness, in the full extent, the full potential to what you're created to? Give it to him now. Give it to him today. I'm going to be up here. If anybody wants to pray, whether it be for the first time to surrender to Christ, or maybe there's just something you're struggling with that you need help with, I'll be here. I also encourage you to stick around for Sunday school and let's go deeper into our relationships with one another and our relationships with God. Tim Jacobson will be helping out in the Sunday school in the old kitchen for the adults and working on prayer and praise. We have the verse-by-verse study here for the adults in the, in the sanctuary, and we also have the life studies, how to deal with life's challenges in the youth room off the gym. We're looking today to failure. Failure. I think everybody in here has failed at one time or another. Let's give that to God. Let's see how we can move forward. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. May we sing of his greatness. May we sing of you with all of our days. We surrender, Lord. We want to surrender, Lord, anything which is holding us back from living up to our potential to which you created us to live in. So, Lord, we pray for your help. Strengthen us, encourage us to make that change, to surrender whatever's holding us back, and to truly live for you in your freedom, in your truth. Help us to be reminded daily to abide in these things. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you.